Hi everyone, my name is Aloise and welcome to the second episode of the Take Me to the World Musical Theater Podcast. This is a podcast all about musicals and on today's episode I'm going to be talking about jukebox musicals. Now if it's your first time listening to this podcast, uh, episode one's kind of where I talk about uh, my love of musicals and how that started and everything. If you want to listen to the other episode of the podcast, you can go to my website takemetotheworld.com. Uh, up at the top of the page there's the podcast category, click on that, episode one has links to listen to the podcast. As well, for each episode of the podcast that I do, I have a resource page. So for this episode, I'll have links to the different shows I mentioned, the cast albums or, you know, musical albums, movie musicals, if I talk about those, etc., etc. One thing that I have created is a playlist on Spotify. Uh, There's the It's Broadway Bitch playlist, which just has all the musicals that I've either seen or listened to numerous times. And then for this episode, I have a playlist about jukebox musicals. I haven't listened to all of those musicals, but it's just like every jukebox musical that I could think of or find. There are some that I probably missed, but I think it's got like 1,200 songs, so there's there's enough to start you out there. Now, I do kind of want to talk about um, jukebox musicals, but one thing I kind of realized that might sound a little funny with this podcast is I'm not going to be playing clips of the musicals, at least not yet, Um, within the podcast, just because I don't know about copyright laws and that sort of thing and fair usage and all that. So I highly encourage you to listen to the musicals that I talk about. Like I said, there's that resource page where I'm going to be talking or listing, you know, the musicals that I talk about. So if I mention something and you're like, I've never heard of this musical before, you can go to that page and find out and you can listen to the musical. Um, There's going to be some episodes where I'll focus on a specific musical and I'll kind of let you know if I'm going to be spoiling shows ahead of time. This episode, I won't be spoiling any shows. So aside from that, I think we're, we're pretty good to go. Sometimes I swear just not very often, usually because I'm pretty excited, uh, but it might happen. And the other thing to say is this is just a podcast from somebody who loves the musicals, not from an expert in musical theater and theater history and stuff. So everything's going to be pretty basic layman's terms, I think. So let's get on to the main part of the episode. All right, so today we're talking about jukebox musicals. And a jukebox musical is a musical where the songs for the show are taken from uh pre-existing or already released songs from a popular, usually popular musician or musical artist. So a popular jukebox musical you've probably heard of would be Mamma Mia. It uses songs from ABBA to tell its story. Now, a jukebox musical, like I said, it, it takes pre-existing songs from a musical artist. Now, there's a lot of uh, like popular musicians and artists and stuff that create songs for musicals, but if they're making new songs, that's not a jukebox musical. Like, for example, Cindy Lauper did the music and lyrics for Kinky Boots. But she made new songs for the show. She didn't take her old songs like Girls Just Want to Have Fun and Time After Time and put that in the show. As far as I know, I haven't seen Kinky Boots, but as far as I know, it's all original songs. Now, if she made a musical with her old songs, that would be a jukebox musical. Um, A musical that, basically, if it's not a jukebox musical, we would call that a book musical. And a book musical, you know, there's a lot of examples. We've got, like, Wicked, we've got Sweeney Todd, we've got Rent, we've got Chicago. Like, if it's not a jukebox musical, it's going to be a book musical. But But today, we're talking about jukebox musicals. So even if you're not familiar with a musical or jukebox musical... Um, even if you haven't seen one, you've definitely heard of, of some of these jukebox musicals because they get a lot of them get pretty popular. Now, there are jukebox musicals that do really badly, and then they tank, and you never hear of them again. 
But the ones that get quite popular get quite popular. Um, like I mentioned before, there's Mamma Mia. We've got Rock of Ages. We've got Jersey Boys, American Idiot, Tommy, uh, Fella, Beautiful the Carol King musical, Motown the musical. And even TV shows like Glee or Smash would be considered jukebox musicals. Now, with Smash, they did create like an original musical within the show about Marilyn Monroe called Bombshell. So the songs from that musical wouldn't be considered a jukebox musical, but they also have other songs from pre-existing pop and rock stars that were released before that are in the show, and that so in that way it is kind of a jukebox musical. Now, there are a lot of jukebox musicals out there in the world, um, and there's even more. Like I mentioned, I, I created a playlist that has like 1,200 songs from different jukebox musicals, and there's even more musicals. They just didn't do jukebox musicals, but... You know, they just didn't do very well, and then they didn't get a cast of them. But the point is, is there's a lot of jukebox musicals out there. And I will be the first to admit, I have not seen every one, because that would be pretty impossible. So I kind of decided, because I'm sort of a nerd in this way, when I, when I was thinking about jukebox musicals, I kind of realized that most of them can be divided into a couple different types of categories. So type one that I've kind of decided to make a category for it. And, and this could be an already established category. I didn't study musical theater in school or anything. So if there's, you know, a professional or, you know, academic paper about this, please let me know because I'd be really interested to read this. But basically, there's two types of categories that I've kind of realized for jukebox musicals. And the first is what I would call the biographical or the bio jukebox musical. Now, these are musicals, jukebox musicals, that usually tell us the true story of a particular musical artist or group using their own music. So an example of this would be something like Jersey Boys. It tells us the story of Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons using their songs like Sherry and 1962 Or we've got a musical like Fela, which is about Nigerian musician Bella Kuti, and it uses the songs of Bella Kuti in the musical. Or we've got Beautiful the Carol King musical, which from the title you can probably guess is about singer-songwriter Carol King. You know, it's right there in the title. Now, I'm going to go into a little side here about diegetic and non-diegetic songs. So, biomusicals often contain diegetic songs, and diegetic songs are used in movies and TV, but in terms of stage musicals, you often find that they're songs that occur within the universe of the show as sort of a performance. So, if you're a little confused, think about it this way. Imagine you were unknowingly transported into the world of a musical. What would seem more realistic to you in terms of how the real world that you've always known works and operates? Scenario A, you're talking to someone and suddenly they burst out into song and dance about how they're in love. Or scenario B, you go to a music club and the singer gets on stage and says, now I'm going to sing a song about someone I love and then they begin to sing a song. Well, probably scenario B, right? Because you expect somebody who's on stage at a concert or club or venue to start singing a song. And the other characters within that show that are acting as the audience members at the club would expect them to sing as well. So in a musical, this would be a diegetic song. In a musical theater, like I said, diegetic songs are often not always set up as a performance that a character gives within the show. So I mentioned this because with a bio jukebox musical, because it is a, you know, about a a real artist or a real band and about, you know, kind of their journey, usually there's a few diegetic songs that are set up as a performance within the show. So in the musical Fela, it's set at the Lagos nightclub, The Shrine. So when Fela Cootie, 
you know, steps on the stage at the beginning and starts singing Everything Scatter at the shrine, this is a diegetic me- song. So I, I, I mentioned this because, you know, and with the jukebox musical, not every song's necessarily going to be diegetic. Some songs are going to be non-diegetic, and those are the songs that happen in most, th- that's sort of the majority of songs in most musicals, you know? If somebody walks down the street in a musical and breaks out into song and you think, well, that wouldn't happen in real life, that's probably a non-diegetic song. But I mentioned diegetic songs in bio-jukebox musicals because people who have a hard time getting into musicals because of this idea of, you know, who breaks out into song out of nowhere and, and you know, people that kind of have a hard suspension of disbelief for that sort of thing, this can kind of help because there's an element of realism to them, you know? You're not watching some random person just walk down the street singing, you're watching Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons perform at a nightclub in New Jersey on in the musical kind of thing. So it kind of helps with the realism. Now, and and like I mentioned, not every bio jukebox musical songs are going to be uh, diegetic. There's, there can be non-diegetic songs. And there are also jukebox musicals that aren't, or just musicals in general, I should say, that would have diegetic songs. So musical like Cabaret, uh, it takes place at a cabaret in Berlin. It, it's not a jukebox musical. It's an original musical by Kander and Ebb, but it's got a lot of diegetic songs within the musical. So t- take it with a grain of salt, but I would say that if you are somebody or you know somebody who's kind of like, eh, I don't really like musicals because they're not realistic and who sings out and breaks out in song in the middle of nowhere kind of thing, then a bio-jukebox musical can be kind of a good thing to get into, especially if it's, you know, by a jukebox musical uh, for somebody that you really like. You know, if you're a big fan of Carol King, then listen to Beautiful the Carol King musical, right? So not every performer obviously has a jukebox musical about them, but several do. And if you're a fan of that performer, musician, artist, band, or you like that kind of style of music, then a bio jukebox musical is kind of a nice thing to check out. Now, the other type of musical other than the bio-jukebox musical is what I would just call a new story, new fictional story jukebox musical. So, from the title, you can probably guess, they tell a new fictional story using the music of a particular artist or band. So, I mentioned Mamma Mia before. It uses songs from ABBA that were already released, not specifically for the musical, but was released were released long before the musical was ever created. But... Mamma Mia is not the story of Abba. It's not the story of any members of the group. It's about a young woman named Sophie, and she's engaged, and she finds some old love letters of her mom's, and she decides, oh, one of these three men mentioned in this these letters is going to be my dad, so I'm going to invite them all to come and stay with us in, on our family-run hotel in Greece, and hilarious hijinks ensues. So, new story jukebox musicals. Like I said, they usually have, well, they do have already existing songs from an artist or group, but occasionally they might create one or two new songs or something like that just to kind of help flesh out the show. Um, Usually those songs are kind of like a prologue or overture sort of song, so it's usually a medley of the already existing songs. Um, But for the most part, it's all new songs, you know, but the story is new, it's not the story of the group itself. Sometimes the musical might start off as a concept album when the album was originally created, like it was for Tommy uh, with uh, by The Who or for American Idiot by Green Day. But as far as I know, with both of those bands, they didn't think to themselves, oh, we're going to write a musical first and we're going to make it 
you know, they, they didn't, they, they made a concept album with an idea of a story, which eventually got turned into a musical. They didn't make the musical first and then release the songs after the musical was created, right? So to summarize, you got the Bio Jukebox musicals. That's the mostly true story, usually true story. There might be some, you know, exaggerations and that sort of thing put in for, you know, storytelling, but it's the mostly true story of a real band or musical artist. And then you've got the new story jukebox musical, which is a completely fictional story that they've made up. But both with with either type of jukebox musicals, they're based on songs. They use the songs, the music that has already been released from a particular singer-songwriter. Now, I, I think with some jukebox musicals, there might be, you know, like, an unreleased song that maybe didn't do, or a song that didn't do so well that, you know, so you might not go, oh, I know all of these songs off by heart. There might be one or two you're not familiar with, but it's not like the music was created specifically for this musical. You know, they, they didn't write a new song specifically for the musical, other than usually like an overture or like a finale or something like that. So that's sort of the two types. But when I was thinking about it, I also kind of realized that not only are there two different types of jukebox musicals, there's also sort of two different ways they're made. I mean, okay, let me just be perfectly honest. I've never made a musical. I've never made a jukebox musical, so I can't really say how a jukebox musical gets made. But what I'm trying to say is there's basically... Some jukebox musicals are just based on the music and songs from one particular musical artist or band. So let's call that a single-source jukebox musical. So, for example, Fella is a bio-jukebox musical, and it's based just on the music of Fella Kuti. Mamma Mia is a new story jukebox musical that's just based on the music of ABBA. It doesn't, each of those musicals, it's just the one person or the one group using their music. Now, then you get into some jukebox musicals that use music from a variety of different musical artists and groups. So let's call those a multiple source jukebox musical. Now, um, for something like a bio jukebox musical, you might be thinking, well, if it's based on a, a person's music and their life, it's just going to be one person. It's just going to be from one person. But that's not necessarily true because Beautiful the Carol King musical doesn't just have songs from Carol King, it also has songs from her musical contemporaries of the day, like Barry Mann and Cynthia Weil. So multiple sources are used for that one particular musical. Um, for a new story jukebox musical, we could take something like Rock of Ages. Uh, it, it tells a fictional story, and it uses bands like Twisted Sister and Foreigner and Bon Jovi and Pat Benatar, like lots of 80s glamour rock songs, to tell the, the story in that show. Or even a movie musical like Moulin Rouge, which apparently I think is getting a Broadway production. It's a new story jukebox musical, and it also uses a variety of different musical artists and styles and genres to tell its story. Now, I mentioned the multiple source jukebox musical because if you watch movie musicals from like the classic Hollywood movie musicals from the 30s, 40s, and 50s, you'll kind of start to realize that they recycle songs from show to show. Now, that's not to say that every movie musical from that time is a jukebox musical necessarily, but a lot of them, you can kind of think of them as being like a type of jukebox musical. So let's look at Singing in the Rain. It's a movie musical that's super popular. I'm sure you've probably heard of it. You've maybe seen it. Stars Gene Kelly, Donald O'Connor, Debbie Reynolds. It's a classic. It's a great movie musical. It's it's a great musical. It's just a great movie. 
But here's the thing. Most of the songs in Singing in the Rain weren't composed specifically for that musical. Most of the songs in that movie were actually composed and and put in other movie musicals. And then they just kind of went, oh, well, let's just use it in this show and let's just switch it up. Now, there are a couple of exceptions. Uh, Moses Supposes and Be a Clown, I think, were original songs written for that movie. But the title song, Singing in the Rain, it's a classic song. Everybody, everybody's heard of that song. And when you think of Singing in the Rain, you're probably thinking of the movie Singing in the Rain. But that's not where that song was first featured. It was first featured in the film The Hollywood Review, 1929. Or even the song Good Morning from the, that movie. Uh, it was first featured in the 1939 movie version of Babes in Arms. I know there's been a couple movie versions of that musical. But here's the thing. You don't think of the Hollywood Review 1929 as being the, the the movie of Singing in the Rain, even though that was probably the first time it was used, or it was the first time it was used. And you don't think of the musical Babes in Arms as being the first time you you hear Good Morning. Like that, just because the the musical Singing in the Rain got so popular and so well known, now that's what you associate those songs with. And so, like I said, there's a lot of kind of old movie musicals from the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, where they would put a song in one show and then it wouldn't work out or maybe the movie wasn't just super popular. And so they went, let's put that song in a different show. Uh, Cole Porter was a very popular musical theater composer of his time. He had a song called The Lovely and it was first used in the movie musical uh, Red Hot and Blue, but nobody's heard of that because it didn't get super popular. Another show that that song is in is called Anything Goes, and that musical did get really popular. It's had several Broadway productions and, like, community theaters put it on all the time. So the the point I'm trying to make is that a jukebox musical, even though you might think of a, a composer like Cole Porter not being a popular composer, Nowadays, back in his day, he kind of was, right? Like, so back in the day, Cole Porter songs were sort of pop music songs. They were sort of the popular music of the time. And so having a musical where you put a Cole Porter song in one show and then put in another show, that'd be like sticking a Drake song in one musical and then putting it in another musical. I don't think Drake has a jukebox musical, but there's a contemporary example. And it'd be kind of interesting if there was a Drake jukebox musical. So, yeah, that's just... It's just sort of interesting to think about how a jukebox musical, it's not necessarily like, you know, oh, it has to be one particular artist or a jukebox musical has to be really cheesy and really corny. It can be, but it doesn't have to be. And and jukebox musicals, if you think of them kind of in the Hollywood movie musical way, they've been around since the beginning of musicals in, in movies, right? So now I want to get into this idea about are jukebox musicals good or bad? Because if you start looking at a lot of theater forums and you talk to musical theater nerds like myself and other people, you're going to eventually run into somebody who says that jukebox musicals are horrible and they're just about the commercialization of musical theater and they're not original and jukebox musicals are the worst. And I kind of want to break this down. So there's this idea about the tortured artist, you know, the penniless writer who just writes because he loves to write, the musician who just wants to play the song they wrote because they have a song in their heart and the world needs to hear it and money be damned. And you, you know who perpetuates a lot of these stereotypes are people who don't work jobs in creative fields. You know, I'm a writer and I like to get paid to write so I can do things like eat and pay my bills and etc. So... 
I can only assume when somebody creates a musical, whether they're composing new songs or they're a musical artist or band trying to work their music into a new musical, like a jukebox musical, that they want to find success for their effort. They want their musical to be successful so they can make money. And people think that, like, oh, no, musical theater, we can't commercialize it or, or it shouldn't be commercialized or it's commercialized too much. Um, musical theater is a commercial venue. It's it's People are spending hundreds of dollars to see shows on Broadway in the West End. People are buying movie musicals. They're listening to Broadway cast recordings and seeing shows at community theater and paying money for them. You know, this isn't the type of field where you go, oh, I'm just going to make a musical just for the fun of it, and I'm going to spend all my time and all my energy and probably put in some money creating this musical, but I don't want you to pay me for it. Like, that's not that's not what people think when they make a musical. Now, of course, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people are like, no, I really want to make a musical and I've got a great idea, and, you know, and that's that's great, you know. You should have passion for what you're doing, but what I'm trying to say is that jukebox musicals just because they're from a popular musical artist or band that doesn't necessarily make them good or bad they're just a different they're just a type of musical so jukebox musicals can be good they can be great jukebox musicals can be okay jukebox musicals can be horrid like when i was looking for jukebox musicals to put on that spotify playlist i came across a lot of jukebox musicals i'd never heard of because a lot of them flopped big time and uh, they didn't get a Broadway run. They didn't get a cast album. They were, you know, they ran for two shows and then they closed down. So not every jukebox musical is going to be a success. And to me, I don't know, writing a musical just seems like the most insane thing anybody could ever do. I love musicals, but like the idea of wrapping my head around creating music and lyrics and a story and characters and, you know, having it all flow together and make sense and having there be a greater theme. Like, it's just, a musical just seems like such a crazy thing to make. So if a band's like, hey, we've got a bunch of songs that people like, and I think we can make a musical and, and put the songs together and, and tell a great story, then that's great. But here's the other thing with jukebox musicals. They're not all great, right? Like, some of them aren't just aren't very well developed. And with the jukebox musical, it's going to be hard to string together plot and interesting characters with motivations and themes using already existing songs from an artist or a band. Because, you know, when that artist or that band put those songs out, they didn't think like, oh, I'm going to make this into a jukebox musical. So I've got to have a continuing storyline or, you know, I got to put some characters in here. You know, they, they weren't writing the songs with that in mind. So putting together a jukebox musical using already existing songs, it, it doesn't always make for a great, compelling musical. Now, I've seen Mamma Mia. I like the show. It's fun. I've seen the movie. The movie, uh, there's there's some issues I have with the movie. But for the most part, it, it's just a fun show. But that's the thing with Mamma Mia. When you go to watch Mamma Mia, you're not sitting there thinking about themes of larger society and, you know, like, at least for me, it's not like I watch Mamma Mia and I go, oh, wow, my... My perspective on the world has changed. Now I'm now I'm questioning my biases and and what I've been taught my whole life. Wow, what a what a eye-opening experience. You know, that's not the kind of musical Mamma Mia is. And some people they want a really kind of meaty, hearty, makes you think, makes you go, oh my god, this is this is crazy, you know, kind of musical, right? Like some people want the Stephen Sondheim kind of musical. The kind of musical you can listen to again and again, you can go, Oh shit, I didn't I didn't pick that up the first time I heard it. 
But that's not the thing with Mamma Mia. You're not going to be sitting there thinking that. You're just going to be humming along to the songs because, you know, the songs and the show is kind of fun. So when I listen to Mamma Mia, it, it's a fun show, but I don't actually... Like, whenever I listen to the cast recording, I never think to myself, oh, this is the part of the musical where this plot point happens, or this is when this character does this. It's just kind of like, oh, there's some ABBA songs. Yay, it's ABBA, right? Like, it's it's fun. It's just, seeing Mamma Mia is just a fun night of entertainment, and there's nothing wrong with that. But like I said, if you're somebody who wants a deep musical that really makes you think, then a jukebox musical isn't always going to deliver. It It's like a book, you know? If you pick up a Daniel Steele novel, you kind of know what you're going to get. So... You know, when you watch Mamma Mia, you kind of know what you're going to get. When you watch a jukebox musical, you can't necessarily expect it to be a deep, intellectual type of show. Now, that's not to say that all music jukebox musicals are fun and frivolous. Um, one musical, a jukebox musical that I saw a few years ago was Fella. And I kind of mentioned it before. It's about the, the life of Fella Cootie. But here's the thing. When I saw Fella, I didn't know who Fella Cootie was. I'd never heard of his music before. So even though it was a jukebox musical, it was kind of a new musical to me because I didn't know any of the songs. But Fella was a jukebox musical where there was there was kind of more emotional depth and character growth and 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 themes. It, it was a musical, a jukebox musical, musical, I should say, that was a little bit more substantial than a lot of jukebox musicals that I've seen. Now, I, I don't want to get into this whole, like, you know, oh, art needs to be really deep and and poignant and you know art can be fun too so let's talk about some good things about jukebox musicals there are good things about jukebox musicals right so let's get into that now I kind of mentioned this before but a jukebox musical it's a great way for people who aren't usually into musicals or who might not be a fan of your typical big Broadway musical to get into musicals like when I was a kid my parents my brother and I we went to see the musical Tommy and why did we go see the musical Tommy? Because Tommy is a musical written by The Who, a rock band my parents grew up listening to. And so we went and saw Tommy because my parents liked The Who. My friend, who loves Green Day, she went and saw American Idiot because she loves Green Day. And when American Idiot came on tour and came to Edmonton, she jumped on the chance to go. Now, she's not somebody who's normally going to go see a musical, but she saw this one because she loves Green Day. Now, since an another kind of, it, it's it's sort of a good and a bad thing, depending on, on the musical and your point of view. But since the, the, the musicals, these jukebox musicals, they often have songs that people know, they're, you know, from popular musical artists or musical groups, they get popular quite quickly. And a lot of them have been made into movies. Now, movie musicals, there's good and bad points about them. I'm going to do a future episode about that. But the nice thing about a movie musical is somebody who might not get the chance to see the musical on stage, whether it's because they just don't live close to a place that would put that musical on or it's too expensive for them to see or anything like that, you know, they can go see the movie. So, yeah, Mamma Mia, the movie isn't the greatest version of Mamma Mia. Pierce Brosnan definitely can't sing, but it exists if you can't see Mamma Mia on stage, if you can't afford to go see a touring production of it or if there isn't a community theater putting it on near you, you can go watch Mamma Mia the movie. Or if you haven't seen Rock of Ages, you can go watch the movie Rock of Ages or Jersey Boys. And there's, there's a wide variety of movie musicals that are based on a jukebox musical. And th with the movie musical, you know, it reaches a wider audience and it helps to get that musical more notice in the, in the larger community in general. Now, now today I really wanted to talk about jukebox musicals because... They get a bad reputation. I'm going to be honest. My favorite musicals are not jukebox musicals, but I do enjoy jukebox musicals from time to time. 
they share some things in common with each other, but they're not all the same. And here's the thing. We all like different things. And when I hear a read about how Jukebox Musical is the worst thing ever and it's the death of Broadway and people who like jukebox musicals are stupid and they don't know good art and all that kind of stuff, it makes me sad because for a lot of people, a jukebox musical could be a way for them to get into musical theater. Maybe even for yourself, you're listening to this podcast and you're like, I don't like musicals. Well, there could be a jukebox musical that you like from an artist you like or a group you like, and you maybe you can get into musical theater that way. So, Maybe your friend who likes American Idiot can get into a non-jukebox musical like Rent because they're both rock musicals and they kind of have some similar themes. Or somebody who loves Mamma Mia could get into another fun musical like The Music Man, even though the music is completely different. And you never know. Maybe maybe somebody who starts just liking Mamma Mia is going to go down a rabbit hole of musical theater and come out as a huge fan of Rodgers and Hammerstein or Andrew Lloyd Webber or Stephen Sondheim or Jason Robert Brown or another musical theater composer. So to me, it's really important not to diminish a jukebox musical or person's enjoyment of one just because it's a jukebox musical. Now, I'm not saying every jukebox musical is great. There are bad jukebox musicals. There are good jukebox musicals. But let's be honest. There are good musicals. There are good book musicals. And there are bad book musicals. There are book musicals that are really stupid. Um, hi, Grease. Grease is kind of a dumb show. It's a fun show, but it's a dumb show. Or something like uh, Bye Bye Birdie. Bye Bye Birdie is also kind of a dumb show. It's a fun show, but it's a dumb show. So just because you like a jukebox musical doesn't mean you have a bad taste in musical theater or in theater or in art in general. And just because you like a book musical doesn't mean that you know, you have great, amazing taste in musical theater. You can like Mamma Mia, and you can like Sweeney Todd, you know, and, you know, just because you're belting out Jersey Boys in the shower, it doesn't mean you can't also belt out Carousel or Hamilton. And so that's sort of my point with this podcast episode, is just to kind of put jukebox musicals into a different perspective. I'm not saying you have to love every jukebox musical you ever see, and, and I, I get about the commercialization about them in, in a way, but I also think it's kind of, it, it's just a little misguided to say that all jukebox musicals are horrible and they're all commercialized and the people who created them just do it because they want to get rich and make money. I'm pretty sure everybody who writes a musical wants their musical to be successful and to make money because why would you write a musical just to write a musical and spend all that time and energy and money creating something nobody's going to listen to or watch, right? Like, you you want there to be a, a payoff. You want a return on your investment. So that's sort of my conclusion for this episode. Like I said, I don't love every jukebox musical, but I do love a few of them. And if you are interested in listening to some jukebox musicals, if you go to takemetotheworld.com, I do have my jukebox musical playlist up for this episode, which is episode two. It's got 1,200 different songs. The musicals, I haven't seen all the musicals that, that I've, I've listed for that po- playlist, but there's a bunch of them, and they are all kind of in random order, just so you know. It's not like I had any specific order to put them in, but they're there so you can start listening. I think Jersey Boys is the first one, and it's a really popular one that's come out in the last few years, so you can listen to that playlist, maybe find a jukebox musical you would like to enjoy. There was a whole bunch that I'd never heard of, so I've been kind of listening to a few of them and having fun with that. So that is it for this episode. Now, I am a pretty positive person, but on the next episode, oh, the next episode's going to be fun. I'm going to talk about a musical I hate because I didn't think it was possible for me to truly hate a musical, but I do. I found one that I hate. So be sure to subscribe to this podcast 
for when the next episode's coming out. That should be in a couple weeks. I will talk about a musical I hate. So until then, I hope everybody has a great day, and I will talk to you guys soon.